Welcome to the first episode of the Trash Bag Podcast. Today is April 28th, and I'm your host, Brian. I'm joined by my co-host, Josiah. What's up? And Zach. Hello. Our podcast is dedicated to breaking down the world of sports to our listeners, even though there's not really anything going on in the world of sports right now. Uh, we all follow sports, but mainly the NFL, NBA, and MLB. Well, hi, I'm Zach, and compared to the other two, I'm relatively normal, but right now I'm currently suffering from being a Giants fan, which is horrible over the past five years, Knicks fan, and a Yankees fan, and at least they're good. Hey, I'm just, I'm kind of a weirdo when it comes to fans. I'm a Denver Broncos fan, and somehow a New York Yankees fan, and a New York Knicks fan. And uh, you've already met me, I'm Brian, and if you thought Zach was suffering, I'm a Jets fan, a Mets fan, and a Clippers fan, and I'm probably never going to see a championship in my lifetime. I'm also the one that likes to start the controversies on this show. Speaking of controversies, as you all know, the NFL draft was this past weekend, and I think it's time we started off by getting controversial. Let's break down the winners and losers of the draft in our opinions. Zach, you start. Who were your winners of this draft? So I think a clear winner of this draft has to be the Ravens. After such a successful year last year, I think they did certainly have to improve after such a bad loss, and I think they did that in the draft. I thought their first and second round picks were absolute steals. Patrick Queen, in my opinion, was the best linebacker in the draft, and J.K. Dobbins, I think, perfectly supplements Mark Ingram and what he does for that offense. And then I think develop, or adding Devin Duvane from Texas also helps out the wide receiving core. And I just think overall they added pieces that will help solidify them as a prime contender in the AFC. All right. Uh, any other teams or now? I also think the Cowboys unfortunately won the draft because I thought the C.D. Lamb pick was phenomenal. He screwed over the Eagles, which always makes me happy, honestly. And I thought Trayvon Diggs was another. (laughs) I also think Trayvon Diggs was a phenomenal pick, unfortunately. But as usual, the Cowboys still probably end up going 8-8 and and still not make the playoffs again. So, honestly, it's a win-win, I guess. But I don't don't know about that. I don't know how you guys feel. They have a legitimate head coach in Mike McCarthy now. It's not Jason Garrett anymore. I mean, Jason Garrett I think, did coach, a wonderful so. job. I mean, to you, but... <laughs> I mean, McCarthy showed he could get it done in Green Bay. He has a Super Bowl to his name. And uh, I have to agree with you. I think the Cowboys were winners, and I found that extremely surprising given Jerry Jones basically said, I'm running this on my own. I don't want my scouts anywhere near me while I'm doing this. I had no faith in I had no faith in him either. I don't know of anybody that did. So, shout out Jerry Jones. You really, you really. I think it's the yacht, to be honest. I think the yacht helped him out. Just being that mindset on a yacht, I think, just a power move, to be honest. I think the dementia is actually making him better at football decisions. (laughs) All right. I mean, we'll see about that in like three years, but that's our controversial topic for the day. They really do have a stacked receiving core now, though. No, I definitely think with Amari Cooper and Lamb, I think that's a powerful one-two combination for Dak Prescott. If he doesn't hold out. And if he doesn't hold out, then that offense is going to be lethal. I mean, Dak Prescott, say what you want about the guy. He might not pass the eye test, but his numbers are some of the best in the game. And, you know, he's obviously not worth what he's asking for. I don't think any quarterback or any player in the league, for that matter, is – 
when each team's given a salary cap, but he was able to produce on the field. And uh, he's got Zeke as his running back. He's got CeeDee Lamb now, who could be a number one receiver in his own right his rookie year, alongside Amari Cooper. They're just going to be filthy. I think the only thing you have to look at with that team is how the defense is going to respond from losing Byron Jones. Because Byron Jones was such an integral part of that defense. And I know Diggs is certainly capable in his own right, but I think Byron Jones is often underestimated. I like Jones a lot. No, I felt like an idiot. I didn't know Dak Prescott was drafted in the fourth round. Where do you think he was taken? Like <laughs> second or third? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was news to me when he was in the fourth round. But uh, my team, honestly, I talk about a team that not many people are talking about coming off a Super Bowl appearance, the 49ers. Uh, they lost to Forrest Bucker, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, but they made up for it with uh, Javon Kinlaw in the first round and then Brandon Ayuk. Uh, so you don't really see that many Super Bowl teams, um, whether it's an appearance or a win, really almost get better in a sense. But I feel like the 49ers kind of did, and people need to watch out for them more. Josiah, do you feel they should have gone with Lamb or Judy in the first round, or do you think they made the right decision with Kinlaw? Um, I really do think they should have gone with Lamb or Judy. Um, nothing against Kinlaw. He has an amazing story. Um, homeless earlier in his life, and he's overcome all the odds and became a first-round pick. I'm so happy. All right, try Wingo. Um, <laughs> but um, if you really look at it, their top receiver right now, in my opinion, is Debo Samuel. He's more of a smaller slot guy for me, better in Yak. Uh, they needed a true number one. Um, even th that defensive line now is just stacked as it was last year, which brought about a good amount of their success. I just think, I don't know, you, you need that number one guy. Um, especially in the NFC with so many good corners. So mm -hmm. they, I still think they had a good draft. I'm going to have to agree with you there because, uh, um, I mean, if you remember in the draft, they traded Marquise Goodwin too. So not only did they not pick a receiver, they're down one now. Mm -hmm. They did actually pick um, Brandon Ayuk. I don't know if I'm saying that right from Arizona State. They actually traded a lot of picks for him. So they must be really high on his value and – John Lynch has a pretty good track record over the past few years in the draft, so I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I do trust him. I don't think IU compares at all to the receivers that were on the board at the team, though. Oh, yeah, I agree. I do. I agree with you guys also that they should have picked Judy and Lamb because I think that's a far bigger issue, as we saw in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo is capable, certainly a QB, but he does need a lot of help besides George Kittle and Samuel, so... We'll see. He's an average NFL quarterback, and at best, he's an average NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. And wow. yeah, you're right. He does need a lot of help to succeed. Did he hurt you this week? <laughs> hurt me. He hurt me when he didn't take over the Patriots' starting job. Fair enough. <laughs> but that's besides the point. They also um, did trade Breda too. People have been yeah, 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 yeah. underlooked. Uh, Are we so talking about losers. Oh, not yet. I mean, I didn't get into my winners. Oh, I wow. had. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, so I actually had two winners listed in this one. Um, number one, I had the obvious pick, the Bengals. I mean, this was a team last year who went out and, yeah, they lost a lot of games, but they lost a lot of games close, and they were marred by injury, and the entirety of the season, they were flip-flopping quarterbacks. Now they have a guy who should be consistent at quarterback, who, you know, 
did everything he needed to do to show us that he was NFL ready in his senior season in Burrow, obviously. I, I don't know of a single person that dislikes the kid. I think he's going to pan out well for them. And on top of that, they went out and they snagged T. Higgins in round two, who was one of the better receivers in the draft. He could have gone late first round. Uh, I'll get more into that when I talk about some of my losers. But um, Higgins is a guy that's going to be able to come in and be a legitimate receiving threat pretty much day one. And with a receiver, with a wide receiver one that you have in Cincinnati right now and A.J. Green, who's a guy who's constantly, you know, the talk of trade rumors and injuries, I mean, that, that those first two rounds couldn't have gone better for the Bengals there. And then the other team I had as a winner was the Broncos. Uh, obviously, they lost Emmanuel Sanders last year, and um, they were left with really only one viable receiver in Cortland Sutton, who's a great receiver, but you obviously need more than one in the NFL. And they went out first two rounds. They took um, – oh, I'm blanking now. Judy. Jerry Judy, thank you. Uh, I can remember his name for whatever. KJ Hamler. So they filled out – the number two receiver, maybe even the number one, and Hamler and a slot guy there. So I, I really like those picks, and that'll help a lot with the development of Drew Locke. And not only that, it keeps them in the, the arms race, so to speak, in the AFC West. I mean, kind of tying to that, I, I do like that the Broncos are buying into Drew Locke because he only played a few games last year, and he showed a lot of potential. And – I don't. I think it's good that they didn't draft any other QB. They're putting all their potential into him, and they also did draft Cushenberry, who I wanted the Giants to pick in the third round, which helps solidify the O line. And also, they signed Melvin Gordon, so they're really gearing up for a competitive AFC West. And a lot of teams you saw in that AFC West have built defensively. The Raiders made a lot of signings. They did draft players, and I mean, albeit hot, like too high in the draft, so. We'll have to wait and see how the Broncos perform this year. Do they really, have any thoughts on that draft or their draft? I'm so flattered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys have been praising our draft. Um I think we had a great draft. Um building around our potential franchise key is always a good solution, especially when uh you have the benefit of a top fifteen at least defense, I'd say, especially the acquisitions we made in the offseason with Bouye and Jarrell Casey. Um, I didn't get to my other winner yet, uh, which happens to be Brian's favorite team, the Jets. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise that this did not happen on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I think um, Jets fans freaked out when Douglas traded back. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but we're so Zach relieved. Zach we're both there to uh, – <laughs> <laughs> we tried it was less than pretty. We tried, but Douglas knew better. He drafted Mims, potential uh, number one receiver. Um, he was high on a lot of people's draft boards, and you guys got him at good value. Another guy you guys got at great value is Bryce Hall, um, especially if he can overcome the the, the ankle injury. Um, I wanted the Broncos to select him, and he'll be a very legitimate corner uh, for you guys. But it's also the Jets, so he might fail. Maybe. It's Just a maybe. chance you will. I'm but, more, <laughs> all, 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 all more into that. <laughs> but, yeah, that um, honestly, another winner. Um, and with the AFC, he's basically wide open. Could be their year, man. You never know. 
So yeah, I guess I guess I should talk about the Jets team as they're my favorite team. Um, you know, initially, night one, you know, the first round, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Beckton pick with Worst still on the board. But the longer I sat with the pick, the more I realized, you know, he might have been billed as somewhat of a project. It's not in the traditional sense of the word. I mean, the guy's going to come in NFL ready. It's just a matter of can he keep his weight down, which, God, please tell me he can keep his weight down. But it's the Jets, so I'm not expecting much out of that. But for at least a couple of years. To get mono. At least for a couple of years, we'll have an offensive lineman. All right, you're just mad because your quarterback's a virgin. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a funny <laughs> You don't judge. I'm controversial. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the more I sat with the Beckton pick, the more I really was a terrible pick. In fact, I actually like it now, um, especially because when it comes to Tristan Wirfs, the guy is not necessarily set into one offensive lineman position right now the way Beckton is. I mean, you can move Worfs inside and outside, whereas Becton's just a force at the left side of the line. So he'll, he'll be good to protect Arnold's blind side for hopefully years to come. Realistically speaking, it's the Jets two years before he gains way too much weight to play football. Um, <laughs> Brick Shaw oh, Ferguson, anyone? Oh, that trade back really Ooh, got me going. You guys <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, right now I'm quarantined with Josiah, and we were on Zoom – uh, Zach, watching the draft, they got to see my reaction. A lot of words came out of my mouth that I can't repeat. <laughs> but um, it ended up working out. I mean, I wanted them to take Mims at the um, 48th. I think it was the 48th pick we had. 48th or 49th, something like that. Yeah, that's where I – I wanted Mims at that spot. We traded back an extra third-round pick and an extra fourth-round pick. And, uh, or no, it was just the extra third round. The fourth round came in the trade with the uh, Patriots later. And uh, we were able to get the receiver we needed. Plus, we got extra draft capital. So, props to Joe Douglas on that one. Uh, I really like the pick of um, uh, Jabari Zuniga. He was a, a, a good defensive lineman. Another guy who was set out by injury. Probably could have gone higher if he had gotten to play a full season. Um, and then Bryce Hall, I think, was a steal, too. He's a guy that I, when day three rolled around, wanted the Jets to take in the fourth round with their first pick. Didn't happen. Wanted them to take him with the second pick in the fourth round that they had. Didn't happen. Wanted them to take him with the third pick they had in the fourth round. Didn't happen. <laughs> then when he was there in round five when we grabbed him, I was ecstatic. I mean, this is a guy who could have been a, a day two pick if it had not been for injury. So hopefully he's able to rebound, and I think that's great value there. And then, uh, yeah, I, I like the Jets draft a lot. I mean, I'll talk about the Giants now. I kind of feel the same way you did day one, Brian. I also wanted Wirfs, like, looking at the draft board because of his upside. But Thomas was the guy that I actually wanted for the Jets initially. Really? He was supposed to fall to us. He was being billed as, like, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the fourth or fifth best offensive lineman in the, the draft. But I think with Thomas, I think a lot of the thing with him is he's such a safe pick because he's shown that he can compete starting, I think, 48 straight games in the SEC. He's had this time since freshman year, day in, day out, putting in the work against some of the prime talent within, the, within college football. So I think if he could be a staple for 10 years, 
on the Giants' offensive line at left tackle, which is something they haven't had in years. I think that, like, this pick will be perfect. And then looking down the draft board, I think they're, most of their picks, I think, had a huge amount of upside. Round two, Xavier McKinley was a – or McKinney, sorry, was a insane pick. A first-round talent who really fell out of the draft besides be, – or fell out of the first round because of his 40 time. He actually has played – almost the same, like has the same versatility as Isaiah Simmons, but a lot of people ignore that or don't like he can get the same amount of hype. So I think he's an immediate difference maker for that defense, which the Giants desperately need, as we all know, because they have no one besides Leonard Williams, which they traded too much for. I don't and think then, you traded enough for him. <laughs> I I think Leonard Williams is extremely overrated and an utter bust, but I mean. I think that he was good for his first couple of years and we sold high on him and got lucky that somebody was willing to bite on it because I mean, he was not at all him. worth what we got. Not at all. Not at all. Especially because he was a free agent and now the Giants had a franchise tag him. So hopefully he doesn't hold out because if that happens, then that'll be a train wreck. But we'll see. But then moving on from that, I think Matt Pert from UConn was another great pick. A lot of people it kind of ignored him because obviously he went to UConn, not a big five school. And I think with him, he has huge amount of upside because of his massive wingspan, which is actually the same as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's, which is wild for an offensive lineman. And you could plug him in right now. He'll probably struggle a little bit, but I think – with Colombo, the offensive line coach, I think Perk can develop into a great or good, if not great, right tackle for the Giants. And then I think their pick of Lemonux from Oregon, he has taken snaps at guard and center. I think that was a very underrated pick, and I think those three players can really help this Giants offensive line, which has had problems since even Eli's era, as he got sacked countless times, and even in their Super Bowl era, like era teams, they really never had a great O-line. So I think this will help Dan Jones grow a lot, and I think it's going to help Saquon Barkley even more. Yeah, I think similar to the Broncos and Jets drafts, um, at least some aspect was there to help out our franchise QBs. Mm-hmm. You guys agree with that or not? But I think, I, I think yeah, so. no, I, I mean, obviously, so you, you guys got, got the receivers and yeah. we got the linemen. Yeah, and in my mm-hmm. also a receiver building blocks. Yeah, but, it's a building franchise. Um, so moving on, we talked about the winners. We talked about our own teams. Now we got to get to the downside here. Who do you think were the losers in this year's draft, Zach? I think that the biggest loser in the draft has to be the Packers. Or uh, actually, yeah. I, not even just the. Packers, I would say Aaron Rodgers, because the day before, I think, the draft, Aaron Rodgers was saying how the team has never picked a playmaker for him, and he was saying, hopefully this changes it, and then what do they do? They picked Jordan Love in the first round, and while I don't hate that pick as much as most people, because I think he can develop into a good QB in the future, it really does not help Aaron Rodgers at all, as the team desperately needed a second round or second receiver behind Devontae Adams. And then throughout the rest of the draft, they did not pick one receiver, which was mind-boggling because, as we saw in the NFC Championship, they really need more receivers. So I really 
baffles me what they're doing with that. A.J. Dillon, I think, is an all right pick. But behind, they already have two good running backs in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So I don't know what that pick was, really. They picked a fullback tight end hybrid and ended it. I don't get that pick either. So I don't know what the Packers were doing. I mean, they get paid more than they, so maybe they have a plan for the future. But for right now, it doesn't seem like they're going to be in the NFC Championship again. I don't know how you guys feel about that. but I mean, no, I agree with you on the Packers. I mean, to me, you talked about them not really having a plan for the future. I think their plan for the future is actually, you know, Jordan Love, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Packers, at least, you know, I think they're hoping to do what they did with Rodgers with Love, where they have him sit behind the the Hall of Famer for two, three years, because I think Rodgers is stuck with the Packers until 21, right? I think it's 2023. Like 23. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, either way, it's still, it's still like three years. So that's not entirely out of the norm for them. But to go out and take A.J. Dillon round two was just boneheaded to me. I mean, come on. You have mm-hmm. no hate to uh, A.J. Dillon here. I mean, I, he was one of my favorite running backs in the draft. I love the kid. But you have two starting caliber running backs in Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And you're going to take – uh, another running back when you have a glaring need at receiver with a couple receivers still on the board. Why? It just doesn't make sense to me. I agree I with you. We're one of the losers, and I think another huge loser in this draft were – I'm not even going to say the Eagles. I'm going to say Eagles fans. <laughs> I mean, they go out and they take Rieger round one. They still have Mims on the board. They still have Pittman on the board. Higgins, Jefferson. What are you doing? And then round two. Round two. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. You have your franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. Yes, he's injury prone. Does that mean you go out and you take a quarterback round two? No. And if you're going to take a quarterback round two as a backup, why are you taking Hurts when Eason's still on the board? Fromm's still on the board, both of whom who I have rated above um, Hurts. I just don't understand it. You're taking another quarterback who had one year of legitimate production in college, who failed at Alabama. I mean, I just – I mean, I, also, Jalen Hurts has injury perce- – like, injury yeah, history. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is injury-prone, too. It's just – I don't understand it. I'm so sorry, Eagles fans. Welcome to my I'm life. I'm not sorry. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. No, I feel bad because this I is something that's been happening to me for years. This reminds me of the Geno Smith pick. It's like insane. Oh, gosh. It just is. And obviously, you guys remember that pick. It didn't go well for anyone. To the point where Geno Smith's now, you know, beefing with Rex Ryan on Twitter six years later. I mean, and also, it'd be almost like a team drafting Tim Tebow in the first round, something like that insane. Like, or like, like if somebody were to take, you know, Johnny Manziel round one, it just doesn't make sense yeah. to me. <laughs> Josiah, how do you feel about Jalen Hurts? Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like they could go one of two options. Uh, they either use him as a Taysom Hill gadget, which is what I've been hearing, um, which still, I, 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 that wouldn't even justify the pick. Um, For a second round pick, yeah, I know. 
Full potential, yeah. Quick side note, I think that whole Taysom Hill gadget thing is going to turn into the next Wildcat. It's a fad that's going to be here for about a year and then That'd fade out wild. when teams figure it out. I kind of I like that, though, <laughs> honestly. Would you mind that? I don't know. I like the Taysom Hill thing. That's fair. It gives, I, I think it gives, you know, unique players like that a shot in the NFL, whereas where they're, you know, they're not really great at the position they came in at. Yeah. It gives them a chance to still get NFL action and it's, be stars. But it's one of those things. Seem like they have a lot of trust in him. Yeah. Do they really, though? Because they just brought in Jameis today. Uh, this, but $16 million for, like, what was two that? Two more years. Deal? Yeah, two years, $21 million. And I think technically, like, it's really just an extension of his contract, so it's just like yeah, one yeah, year, yeah, sixteen mil. Is. Like that's a lot of faith. That is true. I, it's not the pick is not against Jalen Hurts, the player. It's just against the value mm-hmm. of what you could have gotten and gotten Jalen Hurts later if you wanted to. But what can you do? I mean, who knows? The Eagles are what three years removed from a Super Bowl. Yeah, about well, two. Did. Two, two or three. Two, because you had the Patriots. Technically two. Yeah, 2018. So be the third. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think we can all agree that, that the Eagles taking Hurts round two was a reach. Definitely. Well, definitely. Even, like, I don't know if they plan on trading Wentz or something absurd. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. Wentz to the Patriots. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Let me be the controversial one. <laughs> Actually, let me run back and lose it real quick. I got to say the Patriots here. I'm sorry. Not, no bias intended, but come on. What are you doing? You have no quarterback. Yeah. You have no quarterback. Fromm was there for you. Eason was there for you. Hurts was even there for you if you wanted to take a flyer on him. And what they just completely ignored it. I mean, I can understand they want to tank a year. And try to you know go out and get like tr- a Trevor Lawrence or something like that, but at the same time, I want you to look me in the eye and tell me that you can see Bill Belichick tanking a season. I mean, they must have a lot of faith in Jason to them. So, and I mean, Brian Hoyer's their backup, but at the same time, I think they signed on Brian Hoyer to be the starter. Really? Probably oh going to be a competition of some sort. I mean, they really have no weapons. Like, or they have weapons, but like Tom Brady last year, we saw he kind of struggled with that offense. They really don't have a staple tight end. Julian Edelman's a slot receiver. Sanu was a bust for like trading him. Yeah, for a second round pick. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then they have, uh, they had the rookie last year. What was it? Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Nikhil Harris, who really kind of didn't receive that many looks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now you're taking a veteran quarterback who's. Regarded as one of the goats, I think that's that title. I mean, sure, if you want to talk winning, whatever that that title applies to him, but he just doesn't pass the eye test to me in terms of Brady. Either way, you're taking him out of the equation now with the same weapons, and you're throwing in a career backup, or you're throwing in an unexperienced rookie who's seen like three snaps in the NFL. Horrible situation. They didn't address they didn't address the need, and it, it's going to come back to hurt them. The only thing I'll say, though, is if there's any team that can overcome this, it would be the Patriots. But at the same time, I'd like very unlikely that the Patriots make it to the playoffs next year. Especially in a touch of, or like the AFC is getting more competitive. AFC East improved a lot with the Bills. 
Jets and Dolphins all adding key pieces. So I don't know what the Patriots' plan is, really. Who do you got for the playoffs in the AFC, Shave? I think anyone does. Ooh, that's a – I think Ravens, Chiefs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Bills, Texans. I mean, despite losing Hopkins, I still would put the Texans. And then I, I – AFC wildcard, I couldn't tell you because there's so many decent teams. Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger coming that. back. Yeah. Broncos, Chargers are going to be a threat. It's just going to be very competitive, which we want to see. So Definitely, yeah, I feel that. But the extra spot makes things complicated. That is true. I mean, is that for 2020 or 2021? That starts this year. It starts this year, yeah. It starts this year. The 17-game one starts next year. Oh, jeez. The the extra playoff spot is this year. I really wish I could say I could see the Jets taking that extra spot, but as long as we have Adam Gase, I don't think we're sniffing (laughs) the playoffs. I mean, he's the QB whisperer, so – I yeah, think, uh, yeah, he no, was the QB whisperer for the greatest quarterback yeah. of all time. <laughs> Who? Manning. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, try and sell me that one. But so, sticking to the draft theme here, what do you guys think were the biggest breaches in terms of players? I mean, besides Jalen Hurts, which we already talked about. Van Jefferson was taken before Denzel Mims. That's a crime against humanity. There were a lot of receivers taken before Mims. Yeah, but Van Jefferson ran like a 4-6-5. He's like a wide receiver. LaVisca Chenault can't catch a football, and he went before Mims. I guess, (laughs) but he was still high up on some team's draft board. Do you think Mims had some background stuff that was – Wrong. Wait, like, what do you think? Why did he fall fall so much? Who Mims? Yeah. Uh, probably well, scheme fit. I mean, you got to look at teams, and even though they're needy at receiver, it's got to be a certain type of receiver. I think it might have had something to do with his hands. I mean, you watch the tape, and he makes all these acrobatic catches, and you know the guy's like a, a physical specimen, but mm-hmm. he's throwing the ball wide open, and he has a tendency to drop it which is obviously concerning given the fact that he is a wide receiver, but that's something that – <laughs> I, I think that's something that could be fixed. He can mm-hmm. make contested catches. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's made – I mean, the guy belongs in the circus. Yeah. But yeah, I think Chenault was a, a, a reach. That's I mean, there, there, were, there were plenty of receivers on the board when he went that would have been, you know – Better receivers in the NFL, in my eyes. Mims, like I just said. Uh, Claypool went after him. Hamler went after him, too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah Hamler went. And Hamler went before Mims, too. Like, I feel yeah. like Hamler could have gone later than. Like, Hamler probably could have fallen to the third round, to be honest. Yeah. Again, I feel like that one was even more of a scheme fit issue because mm-hmm. we needed, needed a squad guy. Yeah. And we had heard teams. We're very interested in it, so I guess we didn't want to take the risk. Mm-hmm. It ended up working out. You know, we basically flopped Cushenberg for KJ. I feel like their values were just – Yeah, no, I, I can see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Another reach was um, Darrell Taylor from Tennessee, yeah. the, the edge rusher to the Seahawks. You can oh, yes, definitely. Have a weird draft. 
But Epineza was still on the board when they picked. I they mean, just Seahawks every that. Seahawks every year, like for the past few years, have made some very interesting picks. Yeah, you can always count on them for a fun night in terms of the draft. That just that, hmm. I'm sorry, I think Epineza was a much better option when they went to pick, but. I mean, they, no, traded I up to, they traded up to get them with us, so I'm not going to complain. I think in terms of steals for the draft, I think Isaiah Simmons, of course, at eight was a steal based just on how much he can do for a defense. And the Cardinals, besides Chandler Jones, they don't really have – and Patrick Peterson, I mean, even though he's older now, they don't have any major playmakers. And I think Isaiah Simmons, who is widely regarded as like a top five pick falling to eight, was just something they couldn't pass up. And that Cardinals team, we should watch out for. With the They're addition of DeAndre scary. Hopkins and Isaiah Simmons, they might be very good. They're going to be scary this year. Another guy they stole was uh, Josh Jones. Oh, that is true. Not what, 72, time, 73? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kingsbury's got a really nice house. Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking about his house. That thing, what was it, like $4 million? I have no idea, but it, 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 it was just looking at his backyard, it had to have been at least that. <laughs> it was sick. Bill Belichick's house is depressing. To be honest, it kind of looked like the house from Parasite. Still haven't seen Parasite. <laughs> All right, well, you're missing out, but that's not a part of the draft, obviously, so we won't yeah, talk about no. that here. But We've talked about reaches. Let's talk about steals now. I mean, do you guys have any other steals? I mean, like I know I mentioned McKinney earlier and just Isaiah Simmons. Oh, oh, steals? Yeah. Um, I got to go with Fromm. I mean, he fell to the fifth round. He's somebody I, I thought was gone for sure on day two. I like him a lot. I mean, he went to the Bills. He's not going to see much playing time unless Josh Allen gets hurt. I hope he doesn't. I really like Josh Allen too. But Fromm falling to the fifth round – I don't think should have happened, and I think the Bills. I think the Bills got a real value pick there. I like his upside a lot. I mean, the guy was a five-star recruit. He just got a little bit too comfortable in his role at Georgia, and yeah, I mean, he fell off a little bit. The talent's clearly there. I mean, he sees the game like an NFL quarterback. Hopefully, that can make up for his, you know, just average arm, but. I think that was a steal. Josiah, you have any steals? Definite steal was CD Lights of the Cowboys. Ooh. Mm-hmm. No, no one had him there in their mock drafts because he was already gone, and somehow they found a way to grab him and just make their receiving core elite for their potential franchise guy, even though they haven't signed him yet. Um, I think there's no way on earth that someone had C.D. Lamb falling to the Cowboys and they somehow managed to get him without trading up any picks. I find that the biggest steal of the draft. I agree with you on that. I I wouldn't say biggest steal of the draft, but he was definitely a steal at that point. I mean, he was projected top, you know, 12. Top 10, top 15, yeah. I also think Kristen Fulton, who went to the Titans, was Mm -hmm. a huge steal because he was a top 15, top 20 pick. Yeah. Didn't have any off-the-field issues, and he fell all the way to 61. So I think that's an excellent addition for an already good defense. 
I agree. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yep, that defense was elite last year for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> and they're losing Logan Ryan, who uh, should be a Jet. Future Jet? Question mark. I hope he doesn't. I really hope Joe Douglas just cry. drops the money. <laughs> but we'll see. Did you guys see the um, – just I know I read it out to you earlier. Zach, did you see the uh, Bleacher Report power rankings now that came out today, the new power rankings? No, I actually didn't really look at it, like what they have. It was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible. As Bleacher Report usually is. Malarkey. Who would you put as the worst team in the NFL? As it stands now, assuming all draft picks get signed and there's no holdouts. Oh, wait, I did see this. I mean, the Jaguars aren't the best. They're not they're the best. The, I, they're, they're the worst. Not the worst. They are yeah. definitely not the worst. I would probably put probably, – I would still probably put the Bengals. Lions are down there. I agree. I would put the Lions down there. The Bengals I would bump up a little bit just because they lost close games last year without a mm-hmm. back. Um, are down there. Giants, Jets, your usual, like, bunker teams. Redskins belong down there. I don't know. I feel like the Giants and Jets should have been a little bit higher than they were rated. I mean, the Jets filled a lot of holes. I know this is probably – there's obviously some bias behind this, but they really did fill a lot of holes this offseason. And I think they were ranked at, like, 26 or something like they that. Like, 24th. So, yeah. I think they belonged at least in the, in top, the top, like, 20. 20. Yeah. But besides Honestly, that – Honestly, I think the Panthers might be the worst team in the NFL. I don't know. Wrong. I like Bridgewater. I'm excited to see what he can do in that offense. Got to check it down to McCaffrey 30 times. He's not Brady. <laughs> hey, that's the goat you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, that's a conversation for another <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, we've already run about an hour here now. That's, uh, that's, that's a conversation that I can take about three hours on on its own. But – all right, Barry McCockender, like, <laughs> yay, hey, hey, he has some legitimate points when it comes to Brady. We're not talking I mean, about Booger McFarland. Not wrong. But... Let's talk about Booger McFarland, the guy with no neck, <laughs> <laughs> the milk dud, milk dud ESPN. God, he needs to go. He needs to stop. Oh, can we bring the Booker Mobile back? I missed that. Bring Witten back to the booth. I'm starting a petition. No one will sign it. No one. Like, but it's cool, you know. funny. You I can't mean, tell me you don't get a good laugh out of his failure. I'm, I'm, I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> I worry about my future. And then I realized Booger McFarlane is an actual analysis for ESPN. <laughs> and then I feel okay. <laughs> you know, I think it was mentioned earlier about Trey Wingo and all the sadness. What was up with that? Wait, boy. Like, in the draft. Yeah, like how everything was so depressing. Like every pick. They would announce oh, the pick. Like overcame they wouldn't even give you a chance to be happy about, you know, the guy your team took before they throw. His mom died in a house fire when he was six years old, and he just had to watch it happen. Like, do I really need to know that? Like, yeah, it makes for a good story. The guy just got picked. Let him enjoy his life. Yeah, like the best day of these players' lives, and we're bringing up their worst moments. Just 
absolutely like distasteful. It's but, horrible. It's horrible. It's a desperate plea for ratings, and it's horrible. I mean, they did get the ratings, though. It worked. It, it worked. Don't get me wrong, but it is just the worst thing to do. Mm. No, I agree. The list of things you need to see that's on top. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that about wraps it up for our first episode here. Um, thank you for listening. We're going to try to get episodes out, what we say, bi-weekly? Yeah, not bi-weekly. Wait. Not bi-weekly, yeah. Not bi-weekly. Like twice a week. Every two. Yeah, twice, twice a week. Twice a week. What, 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 what am I looking Are for? Really gonna, Semi-weekly? Are going to pamper our fans looking? I mean, obviously, you know, this is being recorded, what, what's today, Tuesday night? This yeah. will be out on Thursday. But... I, I'd say you can expect Tuesday, Thursday podcasts um, down the road in the future. Uh, obviously, things are a little bit slow in terms of sports right now. We have some content to talk about for, you know, at least a couple more days or uh, episodes rather, but we'll have to see how things play out with the whole coronavirus situation and sports world reopening. Mm-hmm. But for now, you know, we, we have a general idea of what we want to talk about for at least the next couple of episodes. So expect to see things semi-weekly until you hear otherwise. And of course, um, if you have like any ideas, like please send them in because we'll take whatever you guys want to talk about because we can talk about a lot of things. Yeah, definitely get your opinion in. Uh, reach out to us, whether uh, topics or debate. If you want to be a guest on the show, anything, uh, we keep you updated and just keep in contact with us. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. This was the first episode of the Trash Bag Podcast. Uh, I'm Brian. I'm Josiah. And, and I'm Zach. So thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys again next week. Adios. Yeah.